0: GREAT CONTROVERSY CHAPTER 40 GOD'S PEOPLE DELIVERED When the protection of human laws shall be withdrawn from those who honor the law of God, there will be in different lands a simultaneous movement for their destruction. As the time appointed in the decree draws near, the people will conspire to root out the hated sect. It will be determined to strike in one night a decisive blow— which shall utterly silence the voice of dissent and reproof. The people of God, some in prison cells, some hidden in solitary retreats in the forests and the mountains, still plead for divine protection, while in every quarter companies of armed men urged on by hosts of evil angels are preparing for the work of death. It is now in the hour of utmost extremity that the God of Israel will interpose for the deliverance of His Chosen. Saith the Lord, Ye shall have a song, as in the night, when a holy solemnity is kept, and gladness of heart, as when one goeth to come into the mountain of the Lord to the mighty one of Israel. And the Lord shall cause his glorious voice to be heard, and he shall show the lightning down, the lighting down of his arm, with the indignation of his anger, and with the flame of devouring fire, with scattering and tempests, and Hailstones, Isaiah 30, verses 29 and 30. With shouts of triumph, jeering, and imprecation, throngs of evil men are about to rush upon their prey when, lo, a dense blackness, deeper than the darkness of the night, falls upon the earth. Then a rainbow shining with the glory from the throne of God spans the heavens and seems to encircle each praying company. The angry multitudes are suddenly arrested, Their mocking cries die away. The objects of their murderous rage are forgotten. With fearful forebodings they gaze upon the symbol of God's covenant and long to be shielded from its overpowering brightness. By the people of God a voice clear and melodious is heard saying, Look up, and lifting their eyes to the heavens, they behold the bow of promise. The black angry clouds that cover the firmament are parted, and like Stephen they look up steadfastly into heaven and see the glory of God and the Son of Man seated upon His throne. In His divine form they discern the marks of His humiliation, and from His lips they hear the request presented before His Father and the holy angels. I will that they also, whom Thou hast given Me, be with Me where I am. John 17, verse 24. Again, a voice, musical and triumphant, is heard saying, They come, they come, holy, harmless and undefiled. They have kept the word of my patience. They shall walk among the angels, and the pale, quivering lips of those who have held fast their faith utter a shout of victory. It is at midnight that God manifests His power for the deliverance of His people. The sun appears, shining in in its strength, Signs and wonders follow in quick succession. The wicked look with terror and amazement upon the scene, while the righteous hold with solemn joy the tokens of their deliverance. Everything in nature seems turned out of of its course. The streams cease to flow. Dark heavy clouds come up and clash against each other. In the midst of the angry heavens is one clear space of indescribable glory. Whence comes the voice of God, like the sound of many waters, saying, It is done. Revelation 16, verse 17. That voice shakes the heavens and the earth. There is a mighty earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth. So mighty an earthquake and so great. Verses 17 and 18. The firmament appears to open and shut. The glory from the throne of God seems flashing through. The mountains shake like a reed in the wind, and ragged rocks are scattered on every side. There is a roar as of a coming tempest. The sea is lashed into fury. There is heard the shriek of a hurricane, like the voice of demons upon a mission of destruction. The whole earth heaves and swells like the waves of the sea. Its surface is breaking up. Its very foundations seem to be giving way. Mountain chains are sinking. Inhabited islands disappear. The seaports that have become like Sodom for wickedness are swallowed up by the angry waters. Babylon the Great has come in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of His wrath. Great hailstones, everyone about the weight of a talent, are doing their work of destruction. Verses 19 and 21 The proudest cities of the earth are laid low. The lordly palaces upon which the world's great men have lavished their wealth in order to glorify themselves are crumbling to ruin before their eyes. Prison walls are rent asunder, and God's people who have been held in bondage for their faith are set free. Graves are opened, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Daniel 12 verse 2 All who have died in the faith of the third angel's message come forth from the tomb glorified to hear God's covenant of peace with those who have kept His law. They also which pierced them, Revelation 1, verse 7, Those that mocked and derided Christ's dying agonies and the most violent opposers of His truth and His people are raised to behold Him in His glory and to see the honor placed upon the loyal and obedient. Thick clouds still cover the the sky, yet the sun now and then breaks through, appearing like the avenging eye of Jehovah fierce lightnings leap from the heavens enveloping the earth in a sheet of flame above the terrific terrific roar of thunder voices mysterious and awful declare the doom of the wicked the words spoken are not comprehended by all but they are distinctly understood by the false teachers those who a little before were so reckless so boastful and defiant so exultant and in their cruelty to god's commandment keeping people are now overwhelmed with consternation and shuddering in fear their wails are heard above the sound of the elements demons acknowledge the deity of christ and tremble before his power while men are supplicating for mercy and groveling in abject terror said the prophets of old, as they beheld in holy vision the day of God. Howl ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Isaiah 13, verse 6. Enter into the rock and hide thee in the dust, for the fear of the Lord and for the glory of His majesty. The lofty looks of man shall be humbled, and the haughtiness of man shall be bowed down, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day for the day of the lord of hosts shall be upon every one that is proud and lofty and upon every one that is lifted up and he shall be brought low in that day a man shall cast the idols of his silver and the idols of his gold which they made each one for himself to worship to the moles and to the bats, to go into the clefts of the rocks and into the tops of the ragged rocks, for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty, when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. Isaiah 2 verses 10 to 12 and verses 20 and 21. Through a rift in the clouds, there beams a star whose brilliancy is increased fourfold in contrast with the darkness. It speaks hope and joy to the faithful, but severity and wrath to the transgressors of God's law. Those who have sacrificed all for Christ are now secure, hidden as in the secret of the Lord's pavilion. They have been tested, and before the world and the despisers of truth, they have evinced their fidelity to Him who died for them. A marvelous change has come over those who have held fast their integrity and integrity in the very face of death. They have been suddenly delivered from the dark and terrible tyranny of men, transformed to demons. Their faces, so lately pale, anxious, and haggard, are now aglow with wonder, faith, and love. Their voices rise in triumphant song. God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble." therefore will not we fear though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea though the waters thereof roar and be troubled though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof psalm 46 verses one to three While these words of holy trust ascend to God, the clouds sweep back and the starry heavens are seen, unspeakably glorious in contrast with the black and angry firmament on either side. The glory of the celestial city streams from the gates ajar. Then there appears against the sky a hand holding two tables of stone folded together, says the prophet. The heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. Psalm 50 verse 6 That holy law, God's righteousness, that amid thunder and flame was proclaimed from Sinai as the guide of life, is now revealed to man as the rule of judgment. The hand opens the tables, and there are seen the precepts of the Decalogue, traced as with a pen of fire. The words are so plain that all can read them. Memory is aroused, the darkness of superstition and heresy is swept from every mind, and God's ten words, brief, comprehensive, and authoritative, are presented to the view of all the inhabitants of the earth. It is impossible to describe the horror and despair of those who have trampled upon God's holy requirements. The Lord gave them His law. They might have compared their characters with it and learned their defects, while there was yet opportunity for repentance and reform. But in order to secure the favor of the world, they set aside its precepts and taught others to transgress. They have endeavored to compel God's people to profane His Sabbath. Now they are condemned by that law which have, which they have despised. With awful distinctness they see that they are without excuse. They chose whom they would serve and worship. Then then shall ye turn and discern between the righteous and the wicked between him that serveth god and him that serveth him not malachi 3 verse 18. the enemies of god's law from the ministers down to the least among them have a new conception of truth and duty too late they see that the sabbath of the fourth commandment is the seal of the living god too late they see the true nature of their spurious Sabbath, and the sandy formation upon which they have been building. They find that they have been fighting against God. Religious teachers have led souls to perdition while professing to guide them to the gates of paradise. Not until the day of final accounts will it be known how great is the responsibility of men in holy office and how terrible are the results of their unfaithfulness. Only in eternity can we rightly estimate the loss of a single soul. Fearful will be the doom of him to whom God shall say, Depart thou wicked servant. The voice of God is heard from heaven, declaring the day and hour of Jesus' coming, and delivering the everlasting covenant to his people. Like peals of loudest thunder, his words roll through the earth. The Israel of God stand listening with their eyes fixed upward. Their countenances are lighted up with his glory, and shine as did the face of Moses when he came down from Sinai. The wicked cannot look upon them, and when the blessing is pronounced on those who who have honored God by keeping his Sabbath holy, there is a mighty shout of victory. Soon there appears in the east a small black cloud about half the size of a man's hand. It is the cloud which surrounds the Savior and which seems in the distance to be shrouded in darkness. The people of God know this to be the sign of the Son of Man. In solemn silence they gaze upon it as it draws nearer the earth, becoming lighter and more glorious until it is a great white cloud, its base a glory like consuming fire, and above it the rainbow of the covenant. Jesus rides forth as a mighty conqueror. Not now a man of sorrows, to drink the bitter cup of shame and woe, he comes victor in heaven and earth to judge the living and the dead. Faithful and true, in righteousness, he doth judge and make war, and the armies which were in heaven, Revelation 19, verses 11 and 14, follow him. With anthems of celestial melody, the holy angels, a vast unnumbered throng, attend him on his way. The firmament seems filled with radiant forms, ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands no human pen can portray the scene no mortal mind is adequate to conceive its splendour his glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise and his brightness was as the light habakkuk three verses three and four as the living cloud comes nearer every eye beholds the prince of life no crown of thorns now mars that sacred head but a diadem of glory rests on his holy brow his countenance outshines the dazzling blightness Brightness of the noonday sun and he hath in his vesture and on his thigh a name written king of kings and lord of lords revelation 19 verse 16 before his presence all faces are turned into paleness upon the rejecters of god's mercy falls the terror of eternal despair the heart melteth, and the knees smite together, and the faces of them all gather blackness. Jeremiah 30, verse 6, and Nahum 2, verse 10. The righteous cry with trembling, Who shall be able to stand? The angel's song is hushed, and there is a period of awful silence. Then the voice of Jesus is heard, My grace is sufficient for you. The faces of the righteous are lighted up, and joy fills every heart. And the angels strike a note higher and sing again as they draw still nearer to the earth. The king of king, the king of kings, descends upon the cloud, wrapped in flaming fire. The heavens are rolled together as a scroll, and the earth trembles before him, and every mountain and island is moved out of its place. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous around about him. He shall call to the heavens from above, and to the earth, that he may judge his people. Psalm 50, verses 3 and 4. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in the dens, and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Revelation 6:15 15-17 The derisive jests have ceased, lying lips are hushed into silence, the clash of arms, the tumult of battle, with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. Isaiah 9, verse 5, is still NOT NOW IS HEARD FROM THE VOICE OF PRAYER AND THE SOUND OF WEEPING AND LAMENTATION. THE CRY BURSTS FORTH FROM LIPS SO LATELY SCOFFING. THE GREAT DAY OF HIS WRATH IS COME, AND WHO SHALL BE ABLE TO STAND? THE WICKED PRAY TO BE BURIED BENEATH THE ROCKS OF THE MOUNTAINS, RATHER THAN MEET THE FACE OF HIM, WHOM THEY HAVE despised AND REJECTED. That voice which penetrates the ear of the dead they know. How often have its plaintive tender tones called them to repentance? How often has it been heard in the touching entreaties of a friend, a brother, a redeemer? To the rejectors of His grace no other could be so full of condemnation, so burdened with denunciation as that voice which has so long pleaded. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die? Ezekiel 33, verse 11. Oh, that it were to them the voice of a stranger, says Jesus. I have called, and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But ye have set at naught all my counsel, and would none of my re- my reproof. Proverbs 1, verses 24 and 25. That voice awakens memories which they would fain blot out, warnings despised, invitations refused, privileges slighted. There are those who mocked Christ in His humiliation. With thrilling power come to their minds the sufferer's words, when, adjured by the high priest, He solemnly declared, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Matthew 26, verse 64. Now they behold Him in His glory, and they are yet to see Him sitting on the right hand of power. Those who derided his claim to be the Son of God are speechless now. There is the haughty Herod who jeered at his royal title and bade the mocking soldiers crown him king. There are the very men who with impious hands placed upon his form, the purple robe, upon his sacred brow, the thorny crown, and in his unresisting hand, the mimic scepter, and bowed before him in blasphemous mockery. The man who smote and spit upon the prince of life now turned from his piercing gaze and seek to flee from the overpowering glory of his presence. Those who drove the nails through his hands and feet, the soldier who pierced his side, behold these marks with terror and remorse. With awful distinctness do priests and rulers recall the events of Calvary, With shuddering horror, they remember how, wagging their heads in satanic exultation, they exclaimed, He saved others, Himself He cannot save. If He be the King of Israel, let Him now come down from the cross, and we will believe Him. He trusted in God, let Him deliver Him now, if He will have Him. Matthew 27, verses 42 and 43. Vividly, they recall the Savior's parable of the husbandman, husbandman, who refused to render to their lord the fruit of the vineyard, who abused his servants and slew his son. They remember, too, the sentence which they themselves pronounced, The lord of the vineyard will miserably destroy those wicked men. In the sin and punishment of those unfaithful men, the priests and elders see their own course and their own just doom. And now there rises a cry of mortal agony, louder than the shout, Crucify him! crucify him which rang through the streets of jerusalem swells the awful despairing wail he is the son of god he is the true messiah they seek to flee from the presence of the king of kings in the deep caverns of the earth rent asunder by the warring of the elements they vainly attempt to hide in the lives of all who reject truth, there are moments when conscience awakens, when memory presents the torturing recollection of a life of hypocrisy, and the soul is harassed with vain regrets. But what are these compared with the remorse of that day, when fear cometh as desolation, when destruction cometh as a whirlwind, Proverbs 1, verse 27 those who would have destroyed christ and his faithful people now witness the glory which rests upon them in the midst of their terror they hear the voices of the saints in joyful strains exclaiming law this is our god we have waited for him and he will save us isaiah twenty five verse nine Amid the reeling of the earth, the flash of lightning, and the roar of thunder, the voice of the Son of God calls forth the sleeping saints. He looks upon the graves of the righteous, then, raising his hands to heaven, he cries, "Awake, awake, awake, ye that sleep in the dust and arise throughout the length and breadth of the earth. The dead shall hear that voice, and they shall he- hear, and they that hear shall live, and the whole earth shall ring with the." Tr- with the tread of the exceeding great army of every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, from the prison-house of death they come, clothed with immortal glory, crying, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55. And the living righteous and the risen saints unite their voices in a long glad shout of victory all come forth from their graves the same in stature as when they enter the tomb adam who stands among the risen throng is of lofty height and majestic form in stature but little below the son of god he presents a marked contrast to the people of later generations in this one respect is shown the great degeneracy of the race but all arise with the freshness and vigor of eternal youth. In the beginning man was created in the likeness of God, not only in character but in form and feature. Sin defaced and almost obliterated the the divine image, but Christ came to restore that which had been lost. He will change our vile bodies and fashion them like unto his glorious body. The mortal, corruptible form devoid of comeliness, once polluted with sin becomes perfect beautiful and immortal all blemishes and deformities are left in the grave restored to the tree of life in the long-lost eden the redeemed will grow up malachi four verse two to the full stature of the race in its primeval glory the last lingering traces of the curse of sin will be removed and Christ's faithful ones will appear in the beauty of the Lord our God, in mind and soul and body, reflecting the perfect image of their Lord. Oh, wonderful redemption, long talked of, long hoped for, contemplated with eager anticipation, but never fully understood. The living righteous are changed In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the voice of God they were glorified. Now they are made immortal, and with the risen saints are caught up to meet their Lord in the air. Angels gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Little children are born by holy angels to their mother's arms. Friends long separated by death are united, never more to part, and with songs of gladness ascend together to the city of God. On each side of the cloudy chariot are wings, and beneath it are living wheels. And as the chariot rolls upward, the wheels cry, Holy! And the wings, as they move, cry, Holy! And the retinue of angels cry, Holy! 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 Lord God Almighty! And the redeemed shout, Alleluia! As the chariot moves onward toward the new Jerusalem. Before entering the city of God, the Savior bestows upon his followers the emblems of victory and invests them with the insignia of their royal state. The glittering ranks are drawn up in the form of a hollow square about their king, whose form rises in majesty high above saint and angel, whose countenance beams upon them full of benignant love. Throughout the unnumbered host of the redeemed, every glance is fixed upon him. Every eye beholds his glory, whose visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of man. Upon the heads of the overcomers, Jesus with his own right hand places the crown of glory. For each there is a crown bearing his own new name, Revelation 2, verse 17, and the inscription, Holiness to the Lord. In every hand are placed the victor's palm and the shining harp. Then, as the commanding angels strike the note, every hand sweeps the harp strings with skillful touch, awaking sweet sweet music in rich, melodious strains. Rapture unutterable thrills every heart, and each voice is raised in grateful praise unto Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and His Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Revelation 1, verses 5 and 6. Before the ransomed throng is the holy city, Jesus opens wide the pearly gates and the nations that have kept the truth enter in. There, there they behold the paradise of God, the home of Adam in his innocency. Then that voice richer than any music that ever fell on mortal ears heard saying, Your conflict is ended. Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now is fulfilled the Savior's Savior's prayer for his disciples. I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. Faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Jude, verse 24. Christ presents to the Father the purchase of his blood, declaring, Here am I and the children whom thou hast given me those that thou gavest me i have kept o oh, the wonders of redeeming love the rapture of that hour when the infinite father looking upon the ransomed shall behold his image sin's discord banished its blight removed and the human once more in harmony with the divine With unutterable love, Jesus welcomes his faithful ones to the joy of their Lord. The Savior's joy is in seeing in the kingdom of glory the souls that have been saved by his agony and humiliation. And the redeemed will be sharers in his joy as they behold among the blessed those who have been won to Christ through their prayers, their labors, and their loving sacrifice. As they gather about the great white throne, gladness unspeakable will fill their hearts when they behold those whom they have won for Christ and see that one has gained others, and these still others, all brought into the haven of rest, there to lay their crowns at Jesus' feet and praise Him through the endless cycles of eternity. As the ransomed ones are welcomed to the city of God, there rings out out upon the air an exultant cry of adoration. The two Adams are about to meet, the Son of God is standing with outstretched arms to receive the Father of our race, that being whom he created, who sinned against his Maker, and for whose sin the marks of the crucifixion are borne upon the Savior's form. As Adam discerns the Prince of the cruel nails, he does not fall upon the bosom of his Lord, but in humiliation casts himself at his feet, crying, Worthy, worthy is the Lamb! that was slain tenderly the savior lifts him up and bids him look once more upon the eden home from which he has so long been exiled after this ex- after his expulsion from eden adam's life on earth was filled with sorrow every dying leaf every victim of sacrifice every blight upon the face of nature every stain upon Man's purity was a fresh reminder of his sin. Terrible was the agony of remorse, as he beheld iniquity abounding, and in answer to his warnings met the reproaches cast upon himself as the cause of sin. With patient humility he bore for nearly a thousand years the penalty of transgression. Faithfully did he repent of his sin and trust in the merits of the promised Savior, and he died in the hope of a resurrection. The Son of God redeemed man's failure and fall, and now, through the work of of the atonement, Adam is reinstated in his first dominion. Transported with joy... He beholds the trees that were once his delight, the very trees whose fruits he himself had gathered in the days of his innocence and joy. He sees the vines that his own hands have trained, the very flowers that he once loved to care for. His mind grasps the reality of the scene. He comprehends that this is indeed Eden restored, more lovely now than when he was banished from it. The Saviour leads him to the tree of life and plucks the glorious fruit and bids him eat. He looks about him and beholds a multitude of his family redeemed, standing in the paradise of Then he casts his glittering crown at the feet of Jesus and, falling upon his breast, embraces the Redeemer. He touches the golden harp and the vaults of heaven echo the triumphant song. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb that was slain and lives again the family of adam take up the strain and cast their crowns at the savior's feet as they bow before him in adoration this reunion is witnessed by the angels who wept at the fall of adam and rejoiced when jesus after his resurrection ascended to heaven having opened on his name uh, sorry having opened a grave for all who should believe on his name Now they behold the work of redemption accomplished, and they unite their voices in the song of praise. Upon the crystal sea before the throne, that sea of glass, as it were mingled with fire, so resplendent is it with the glory of God, are gathered the company that have gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, with the Lamb upon the Mount Zion, having the harps of God, they stand the hundred and forty and four thousand that were redeemed from among men, and there is heard as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of a great thunder, the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne, a song which no man can learn save the hundred and forty and four thousand. It is the song of Moses and the Lamb, a song of deliverance. None but the hundred and forty-four thousand can learn that song, for it is the song of their experience, an experience such as no other company have ever had. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These, having been translated from the earth, from among the living, are counted as the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. Revelation 15, verses 2 and 3, and chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. These are they which came out of the great tribulation. They have passed through the time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation. They have endured the anguish of the time of Jacob's trouble. They have stood without an intercessor through the final outpouring of God's judgments. But they have been delivered, for they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. In their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before God.' Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple, and he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They have seen the earth wasted with famine and pestilence, the sun having power to scorch men with great heat, and they themselves have endured suffering, hunger, and thirst. But they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat, for the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto the living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Revelation 7, verses 14-17 through 17. In all ages, the saviors chosen have been educated and disciplined in the school of trial. They walked in narrow paths on earth. They were purified in the furnace of affliction. For Jesus' sake they endured opposition— "'Hatred, calumny. "'They followed him through conflicts sore. "'They endured self-denial and experienced bitter disappointments. "'By their own painful experience they learned the evil of sin, "'its power, its guilt, its woe, and they look upon it with abhorrence. "'A sense of the infinite sacrifice made for its cure "'humbles them in their own sight and fills their hearts with gratitude and praise, "'which those who have never fallen cannot appreciate.' they love much because they have been forgiven much having been partakers of christ's sufferings they are fitted to be partakers of him with him of his glory the heirs of god have come from garrets from hovels from dungeons from scaffolds from mountains from deserts from the caves of the earth from the caverns of the sea on earth they were destitute afflicted tormented Millions went down to the grave loaded with infamy because they steadfastly refused to yield to the deceptive claims of Satan. By human tribunals they were adjudged the vilest of criminals. But now God is judge himself. Psalm 50 verse 6 Now the decisions of earth are reversed. The rebuke of his people shall he take away. Isaiah 25 verse 8 They shall call them the holy people the redeemed of the lord he hath appointed to give unto them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness isaiah sixty two verse twelve chapter sixty one verse three They are no longer feeble, afflicted, scattered, and oppressed. Henceforth they are to be ever with the Lord. They stand before the throne clad in richer robes than the most honored of the earth have ever worn. They are crowned with diadems more glorious than were ever placed upon the brow of earthly monarchs. The days of pain and weeping are forever ended. The King of Glory has wiped the tears from all faces ever Every cause of grief has grief has been removed amid the waving of palm branches they pour forth a song of praise clear sweet and harmonious every voice takes up the strain until the anthem swells through the vaults of heaven, salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb, and all the inhabitants of heaven respond in the ascription, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, and thanksgiving and honor and power, and might be unto our God for ever and ever. In this life, we can only begin to understand the wonderful theme of redemption. With our finite comprehension we may consider most earnestly the shame and the glory, the life and the death, the justice and the mercy that meet in the cross. Yet with the utmost stretch of our mental powers we fail to grasp its full significance. The length and the breadth, the depth and the height of redeeming love are but dimly comprehended. The plan of redemption will not be fully understood, even when the ransomed see as they are seen and know as they are known, but through the eternal ages new truth will continually unfold to the wondering and delighted mind. Though the griefs and pains and temptations of earth are ended and the costs removed, the people of God will ever have a distinct intelligent knowledge of what their salvation has cost. The cross of Christ will be the science and the song of the redeemed through all eternity. In Christ glorified they will behold Christ crucified. Never will it be forgotten that he whose power created and upheld the unnumbered worlds Through the vast realms of space and the beloved of God, the majesty of heaven, he whom cherub and shining seraph delighted to adore, humbled himself to uplift fallen man, that he bore the guilt and shame of sin and the hiding of his father's face, till the woes of a lost world broke his heart and crushed out his life on Calvary's cross that the maker of all worlds the arbiter of all destinies should lay aside his glory and humiliate himself from love to man will ever excite the wonder and adoration of the universe as the nations of the saved look upon their redeemer and behold the eternal glory of the father shining in his countenance as they behold his throne which is from everlasting to everlasting and know that his kingdom is to have no end They break forth in rapturous song. Worthy, worthy is the Lamb that was slain, and hath redeemed us to God by His own most precious blood. The mystery of the cross explains all other mysteries. In the light that streams from Calvary, the attributes of God which had filled us with fear and awe appear beautiful and attractive. Mercy, tenderness, and parental love are seen to blend with holiness, justice, and power. While we behold the majesty of his throne, high and lifted up, we see his character in its gracious manifestations and comprehend as never before the significance of that endearing title, our Father. It will be seen that he who is infinite in wisdom could devise no plan for our salvation except the sacrifice of his Son. The compre- the compensation for his sacrifice is the joy of peopling pip- of the earth with ransomed beings holy, happy, and immortal. The result of the Savior's conflict with the powers of darkness is joy to the redeemed, redounding to the glory of God throughout eternity, and such is the value of the soul that the Father is satisfied with the price paid, and Christ himself, beholding the fruits of his great sacrifice, is satisfied."